So hey there, and welcome to episode 182 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. Today, we're going to be talking about how to use your body as a barometer. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why that can be helpful, some of the reasons why that can be really hard, and how we can get a little bit more skilled at using it in that way. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. All right. So talking about using your body as a barometer. And before we dive into that, I'm going to preface all of this episode by saying I am trying a new audio setup, which probably won't be my last attempt at an audio setup. One of the things that has happened as a result of deciding to kind of spread the podcast on uh, both the audio platforms and over onto YouTube is that suddenly video makes life a little bit more complicated. And one of the reasons that that is complicated is because all of my visual equipment lives in my studio, in my yoga studio, which if you're watching, you can see. Um, Whereas when I would record a podcast, normally I wouldn't record it in a big room like this. I'd record it in a much smaller room that isn't where I house all of my audio visual visual equipment. And so suddenly the setup for a podcast just doesn't work in this room. And so I've tried all this stuff where I've put, you know, blankets around me and blankets on the floor and yoga bolsters all around to try to absorb some of that sound, but it was still pretty ordinary. So we're trying out a little bit of a different setup today. Um, the goal is to maybe try a different setup in that smaller room as well, but we're just testing stuff. And I think this really speaks to some of the challenges that we sometimes have around movement and self-care and self-kindness as well. We kind of are like, well, if I can't do it, you know, perfectly or the right way, um, what's the point? And honestly, you know, full transparency, I'm recording this on Thursday, which is very late for me. Um, the podcast normally comes out at like 4am Melbourne time on a Thursday, and it is now nearly 2.30 in the afternoon on a Thursday. And I'm recording the podcast now because I was like, this is hard. I can't get the setup right. I tried doing some stuff in the other room the other day and the bits wouldn't work. And, you know, the resistance was just very high and very real. And sometimes we just have to try stuff not knowing if the outcome is going to be what we want. And does it mean we've wasted our time? Does it mean that we've failed? No, it simply means that we've we're trying, right? We're doing something. And I think that that's a really valuable thing to practice because it doesn't really come naturally to us. Um, so a little bit of a side side thought there. But today what I wanted to talk about was this idea of using your body as a barometer. And the reason that this has come up is um, I asked a couple of questions over on Instagram over over the last couple of weeks. One of them was around as we move into sort of this December holiday period, what is it that you most need support with? Is it movement related or is it you know, relation in relation to kind of like the emotional load of potential, the potential emotional load of the holiday period. And interestingly, it was the latter, the potential emotional load that got the higher sort of, yes, that's me response. I then also asked about how 
skilled or how confident people feel in recognizing the difference between procrastination because you're just like having a hard time getting started versus procrastination. That is your body just saying, please rest, please stop, try again tomorrow. (laughs) And interestingly, the response back was varied. I asked, um, there were three options. One was I feel very confident. One was, I don't feel, um, I feel kind of confident. And then the final one was like, I have zero confidence. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it was spread, but with the bulk in the middle of that, like, "Eh, I kind of know, but not a hundred percent. So this podcast is kind of in response to both of those things. And what I wanted to break down about this is three ideas. One is this idea of the body being capable of being a barometer, which we're going to go into. The second one is how we respond to that barometer in terms of like we notice what the barometer is saying and then we have some tools to respond. That's kind of the second piece. And then the third piece is I think the bit that maybe gets left out sometimes in this idea of like listening to our body, which is having the confidence to respond. And we're going to go into more of that as well, because you might be like, I don't understand what that means, but we're going to get there. So the first part of this, three ideas. First idea that our body can act as a barometer. Now, one of the things about this is that oftentimes we will have physical sensations or physical markers for things long before we have any recognition or acknowledgement of like what's going on in our head, right? So um, you might've been in an experience before where your heart starts racing before your brain's even caught up with like why you're nervous, right? Um, and so we have these symptoms or these signals of um, unease that are present within our body. It might be the, you know, mixed up tummy. It might be the racing heart. It might be the breath catching. It might be the tension in the muscles. It might be the clenching in your teeth, your jaw. Um, There's all these signals that we get from our body that we may be more able to recognize than being able to like completely anchor into what we're thinking about at that point, right? So as an example, um, I have had a week, so I've told you that it's Thursday as I'm recording this, and this week has been just a really challenging week um, internally for me. I've been having some anxieties, I've been having some worries, I've been having some concerns, my stress levels have been quite high. And what I've noticed is symptoms in my body more than I've necessarily been able to clarify exactly what was going on in my head in the moment. So I notice, oh, my shoulders are spending a lot more time up around my ears. I keep finding myself with my jaw clenched. I keep finding myself with that sense of gripping in my tummy or my heart feeling like it's beating more quickly than I would like. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of using your body as a barometer we can have very quick physiological reactions to our thoughts and to our external environment that can kind of beat our conscious processing, right? So we had an incident actually yesterday um, where a very quick response was made by a swimming instructor at the pool. 
And that very quick response was kind of a little bit uh, surprising (laughs) to some of the people who were watching. And as I was explaining that situation to my son, one of the things we talked about was how our physiology, our physiological reactions can happen before we're consciously aware of like how we're responding. And I think that that is really valuable to recognize because it means that we can use that information to say, hey, something's up, right? Something's got me feeling some sort of way. And when it comes to things like anxiety or when it comes to things like, um, it might even be like self negative self-talk. It might be things like worry. It might even be things like my body wants to move, right? We will get signals for that too through tension. It might be that signal of like, you've been sitting at your desk for five hours. Could you please move now? (laughs) So the body will provide, you know, can act as a barometer for all of those things, just like it acts as a bit of a barometer for I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need the bathroom, I am cold. There's all these things that we can sense and feel in our body and then kind of consciously try to say, okay, well, what is it that I need? So if we kind of take that as the first point that our body does give us signals, that our body can kind of give us information that perhaps we haven't consciously gotten to yet, then the next kind of piece of that is our capacity to then respond to that. So we have, and I talk about this idea of developing a toolbox really a lot because there is no one tool that is going to cover off all of the possible responses that you could need as a human, right? It's not always going to be breathing. It's not always going to be movement. It's not always going to be meditation. It's not always going to be X, Y, Z. We need a toolbox because we are not robots. Um, and so part of this whole idea of like being able to respond, being able to listen is knowing that we have a vast array of tools that we can then choose from to respond to what it is that we're feeling. So as an example, and I want to give some examples that are maybe a little bit relevant for kind of like moving into the holiday period. Um, I'm not known for my love of Christmas. Um, I find it a little challenging for a number of different reasons, but I will get a little like, oh, I can feel myself get a little anxious around the idea of Christmas. And so and, and you can insert any holiday, right? I realize that everybody listening might not be, you know, celebrating Christmas or Christmas people insert any kind of social or holiday situation here. Um, similar sort of thing, but maybe you're about to front up at dinner, right? You've noticed that your heart is starting to race. That's the barometer, right? Something is up. I'm having some thoughts or I'm seeing a thing or I'm, um, believing something to be true that is shifting my physiology, making me feel a certain sort of way. And that's where we want to be able to dig into our toolbox and be like, what tool is it that I need that is both understandable for me in this moment, usable and like appropriate given what I'm experiencing. So in that scenario where we're at the dinner table, perhaps you don't want to break out into a full yoga session, right? Maybe that doesn't work, but maybe being able to use your breath in that moment is really accessible and really available and makes sense. Maybe getting up and moving yourself away is an option. There's all these different things, right? So 
We want to have this, this capacity to first notice and then respond using these tools that we have within our repertoire. And some of those tools, like I said, might be breathing, might be movement, might be extracting ourselves from a situation when it comes to that feeling of like, I've been at my desk for five hours and everything hurts. Yes. Maybe that is going for a walk, getting out the yoga mat, um, having a big glass of water. Like all of these things are tools, all of them. Um, but then the third piece I think is the piece where it gets kind of interesting. I think it's all interesting, but I think the third piece makes it really interesting. What I think, and this is in response to that question that I asked on Instagram, which was around like, how confident do you feel to sort of differentiate between like, I actually need to push through this resistance versus my body is telling me with like, without any uncertainty that now is the time to rest and pause. I think it gets hard to to differentiate between those because it's not a clear cut um, there's just, no, there's nothing clear about that for us because the decision to do either of those things has the potential to be kind of countercultural or counter to what we believe is okay. So in the scenario that we're like, I'm pretty sure my body is telling me that I just simply need to stop here, or I need to get up and extract myself from this situation, or I need a break, or I need to get outside or whatever it might be. Our beliefs and our culture and our experience might tell us that, no, actually, you may not do that. That is not actually acceptable in this situation. You have a job to do. You must continue. There is a deadline. People expect this of you. It would be lazy to stop. You have no excuse. You're just tired. That's not an excuse, right? Like we have all of this stuff that comes up. So sometimes I wonder whether that inability to differentiate our needs is always an inability to differentiate what we need or if it is also partly colored or or, or um partly impacted by the fact that there's all this other stuff we have to wade through there's all this other stuff we have to figure out and some of that will be conscious and some of it will be very unconscious until we start to recognize it and so I want to throw that idea out there for you to consider like how might that be impacting on your ability to tune into, listen to, and respond to what it is that your body needs? I don't have a simple answer for you and I kind of wish I did, but I don't. Uh, I think like all things, like this audio setup, right? I'm going to try a thing and we're going to see what happens. It's a little bit like that. I think sometimes when we're working towards responding to our body, we have to do something first and see how that lands. See, does this actually lead me in the direction of like the outcome that I'm looking for? Does it make it worse? Does it kind of make it a little bit better, but not great? It's a bit of a trial and error, a bit of an experimental process um, and what that might look like in practice, right? So we're sitting at the, at the dinner table, we're starting to notice our heart race, we're feeling uncomfortable, we tune into our breath, we check, is this helping me? Is this making any difference? Um, we notice, like, am I feeling like I don't have any choices here? Can I get up? Can I not? All of that sort of stuff. And we try stuff, right? Um, but I think that there's a huge, there's a huge element here of willingness to explore beyond perhaps the, the rules that we perceive exist to keep us, you know, from exploring and from experimenting with what will work for us. 
So like I said, I wish I could had a clearer answer for you. This is kind of an episode of more, here's some things that I think are interesting and I think could be worth all of us just contemplating, right, how this affects us. But I do want to give you some tips, some tangible tips, because, you know, you might be listening and being like, that's great, Erica, but what does one do? So we've actually already, I've actually already said it, but I'm going to say it again. So we're going to go through three tips and they relate to those three ideas. So idea one is that our body gives us signals. So the first tip is what physical sensations do you notice as you move through your day? And you might start to get curious of like, you know, when I'm feeling what I then label as anxiety, like what does that feel like in my body? What are those signals that start to give me information that perhaps I'm entering an anxious state? Or what are those feelings that I feel when perhaps I'm starting to enter a tired state or a state of feeling overwhelmed or a state of feeling pressured or a state of feeling whatever, right? Rushed. What are those physical sensations? I know for me, when I start to feel rushed and when I start to feel like time is running out, I am liable to just like spin off into, into all kinds of trouble. So understanding what those feelings are that we start to, to then be able to go, Oh, I can feel this happening, right? I can feel this happening and that my body is now acting as a barometer. What am I going to do to respond? Then for, for the second part, which is like having tools, right? We want to have tools. So looking at what tools do I have? Do I understand them? Do I feel confident in using them? Whether it be movement, breathing, um, other tools, I'm like looking at my notes. What other tools did I write down? Moving, breathing, speaking to people. Um, you know, there's, there is like no shortage of tools. So it's funny that I'm coming up blank after four, but, um, it might be seeing your therapist. It might be speaking to a friend. It might be laying down for a nap. It might be, you know, putting, putting a relaxation on this, like loads of things, right? So looking at what you already have in terms of your tool belt, what do you need to add? What do you need to brush up on? What do you need to explore with more consistency and looking at how those tools can really support you in your day-to-day? And then for the third one where we're looking at like, how does this get impacted by you know, the cultural norms or the cultural expectations or my inner beliefs or my inner expectations of like what I should be able to do and starting to find ways to explore the response in a way that feels palatable, doable, available, right? Because one of the things that can be really valuable when we're trying to like broaden the, broaden the spaces in which we can explore right? So if we feel like, well, I can't do that in that moment, that's inappropriate or that's not um, available to me or that's not okay in this, in this setting. Um, finding ways to do something small so that we start to develop a, a base of evidence that we can actually do it, right? That we can actually respond to what we need. So that might be where, you know, perhaps you're having that feeling like I was earlier this week of like, I, I actually really understand that I, this feeling in my body is not just a little bit of resistance. It's like, I have to stop. I have to hit pause. I cannot do this today. Maybe if that feels hard, right. To just like clear your calendar for a whole day and take the day off, perhaps you can sit for five minutes and breathe and literally switch off the things. Or maybe you can take that half an hour walk that you don't think you have time for 
but I'm not going to tell you what the answer is, right? So there are two examples, but it has to feel like it's actually doable. We're not trying to like shock treat ourselves here. We're not trying to like throw ourselves in the deep end. We're just trying to be like tiptoe. I'm going to just dip a toe in the water and I'm going to see how that feels. I'm going to provide myself with some like easy, easy, easily won evidence for the fact that I can respond to what I need, whether that's 30 seconds of breathing, five minutes of movement, two minutes of meditation. What is it that I can do in a palatable, accessible, available way that just starts to lead me in the direction of gathering that new evidence? So they're the three tips. They're the three ideas. I hope that they are useful. I'm going to leave it at that. If you have questions, come over and find me. Um, you can find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb underscore self kind. You can find me on my website. Um, but you know, come and connect if you've got any questions or requests for future episodes. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself and I'll look forward to talking to you then. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at Erica Webb underscore self kind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.